Thanks for tuning in. 99 for One is a podcast of real-life stories meant to inspire ordinary people to do extraordinary things that change our world. This podcast is owned and operated by Will Cravens, author of the book 99 for One and founder of the nonprofit Endurance Leadership. Now for today's podcast, here's Will Cravens. Well, welcome back to uh, 99 for One. This is episode eight. And where we last left off, I was talking to Tom about his attitude, and I've been talking to Paul and Steve. Steve's not with me today, but I've got Paul back. Uh, Welcome back, Paul. Thanks, Will. Good to be here. You know, not everybody has this attitude that we just listened to from Tom um, with regard to just being trying to be positive. Some people battle uh, depression as as would be characteristic for living homeless, correct? Sure. I mean, it is. uh, it can be a very hard life. There's some freedom to it. There's some good sides to it, believe it or not. But um, I mean, overall, there's sense of rejection a lot of times from the society at large. Uh, there's just all kinds of things. Plus, whatever baggage people brought to their situation from before they became homeless. You actually told us two weeks ago that you went on the street to help other homeless people. So can you give me an example? So you meet a guy and they're wrestling with depression um, first, how do you find that out? And secondly, what do you do to try to help? Well, one of the insidious things about depression is uh, when you are depressed, you tend to feel very isolated. And right. you feel like there's really no one that really understands what you're going through. So most of the, I'd say I know a lot of people that were depressed, but I didn't know they were, they were suffering from depression. And I mean, they probably would have told me if they weren't suffering from depression. There's a, a situation that just happened recently. Yeah. You know, uh, I was sharing some stories with this guy and uh, about some struggles that I was going through. And I mentioned that I had uh, had some depression as well. And, and he says, oh, you suffer from depression too. And that really brought it home to me that, yeah, I wasn't telling anybody either. Probably so, every one of us listening knows somebody that's either battled depression yeah. or maybe have personally battled it. I, I, I remember... Uh, walking through a really difficult season in my life that brought on a bout of just feeling low and depressed and feeling alone. And uh, you're right. It's not like something I want to advertise. I didn't, you know, get a T-shirt that said I'm battling with this. And um, in the nature of the beast, it's kind of a downward spiral. The more you think about your problems, the more you kind of sink down, right? Those that are in a position, especially a position of leadership or service or something like that, sometimes we get this... We believe the lie that we have to be sort of supermen, super women, super people. And project that we're up all the time. Exactly, exactly. So I can't have any bad days. I'm not allowed that. Uh, If depression sets in, and it really doesn't matter whether you're homeless or you're a CEO of a large multi-million dollar company. I mean, it can really yeah. happen to anybody. And it goes back to the fact that uh, you could you could be with a group and not even letting anybody near you know of what you're going through or how bad it is, to what extent. Because I, I remember I was a psychology major for my undergrad degree. And I remember that we had a series of questions we would ask when, when we were being coached about depression of, are you depressed? Have you had thoughts of suicide? And then the next question was, do if you, if you have, do you have a plan? And just seeing to what degree somebody is depressed. Yeah, Oftentimes yeah. when somebody doesn't see a way out, they start thinking the only way out is to be off this earth. Right. And so uh, that, that's a whole nother level, correct? A lot of times we get ourselves into trouble. We find ourselves in some sort of situation that's uncomfortable or maybe downright dangerous or whatever it is. And 
we might look to God and say, God, get me out of this. I just want out. And like you said, sometimes we see the way out as this end in this life. Right. But what I found is, and this is just from my experience, God's way out is through. He doesn't take us out of the situation, but he allows us the strength to get through it. And then if we if we can look back and learn the lesson that was for us there in that struggle, then we can go on and help other people. Uh, another issue that I've seen on the streets uh, when we were out there was addiction. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. and, and that's common, whether you're homeless or not, to turn to some way to medicate. You can turn right. to the bottle. You can turn to pills, whether you're in a wealthy house, prescription meds, or on the streets with uh, meth, like my friend Ed was using, uh, that Russo told me he was using crystal meth. Um, it's all a matter of like, what, what, what do you medicate? We, you can be a workaholic to sure. medicate. Absolutely. You, you can actually be uh, a lot of porn, pornography addiction these days to, to try to deal with it. Problem is, most of these things you take to medicate, they only bring you to a lower place. Exactly. That's right? exactly right. I mean, alcohol itself is a depressant. And right. so you might feel good while you're buzzed, but when it wears off and you're hungover, it's, it, reality is worse than it was when you had your first sip. That's right. And that's, so it becomes a downward spiral. Um, and uh, people have asked me, are the majority of homeless people drug addicts and drunks? Uh, did, they, did they become homeless because they were drug addicts or drunks? Or did they become drug addicts or drunks when they became homeless? And my answer is yes. It could be, yeah, did you lose your job or did you drink? Did you lose your job because you were drinking or did you start drinking when you lost your job? Like what? what? Exactly. exactly. Yeah, I had a guy tell me that when we were at the uh, church in uh, Ocean Beach, the Episcopal church that was doing meals there, he said, you know, people, uh, they, they lose their uh, job usually, then they lose their house, uh, then they lose their dignity, then they lose their mind. And there was this progression he talked about that somewhere in there, depression hits when you lose your dignity and your job and the rest of it, or a relationship. Right. And that can be not necessarily in that order, but it's part of the homeless culture. It is, and it's actually getting back to how this can affect anybody in any walk of life. Actually, one of the things I learned from being homeless for all this time, you actually lo- what you're losing is your humanity. Your, your sense of self-worth. A lot of times it starts with tossing out the other's humanity. You see yourself, you're, whether it's a business competition or it's a, you're in the military and it's the enemy, the, you dehumanize the other. And what you don't realize is you're actually chipping away at your own humanity. And then you're actually self-medicating, maybe by being a workaholic, maybe by drinking too much or whatever it is. And it just keeps getting worse and worse. As we said a minute ago, whether you're homeless or not, internalizing our problems can lead to depression. And then that obviously, obviously with a lot of cases, leads to isolation, as you were saying, where we don't tell other people. And so I want, I want to circle back to my friend Ed, because I, I was told where we left off that Russo said, you know, he's using meth. And I was hunting for him. And I uh, you know, after trip two, I said we didn't find him. We found Kyle and a lot of other people. And ABC News San Diego did a story with us. And that led to a lot of leads where I was told at certain Denny's had just seen him. We isolated where he was near Hancock Street in San Diego. And we're, we are just running around there not finding him. Trip three, we run into you and uh, Tom introduces us to you. Right. And I showed you his picture and you right. said you, you never met him. Right. 
And yet I'm saying, do you have any leads? And I, I, I returned on trip three with a guy named AG. Maybe I can get AG on the uh, next week's podcast. Hmm, that'd be and, good. And we started hunting. But then I wrestled with the same question. Was Ed dealing with depression? If he's dealing with drug addiction, is he depressed? What started what? Who knows? And I, I'm not going to know that till I find him. When, when people get in that downhill spiral, especially when drugs are involved, and especially with crystal meth, long-term crystal meth use, it really messes up your whole worldview. Yeah, reality just kind of goes right out the window. That makes total sense. And whether it's meth or alcohol or whatever it is, uh, what, one thing we do know is that during the holiday seasons, which we're in right now, depending on when you're listening to this uh, podcast, we're recording it close to Christmas. The truth is, the holiday season, there's a spike in depression and a spike in suicide rate. Why do you think that is, Paul? It goes back to the sense of isolation. You know, uh, the good thing about the holiday season is families getting together. Um, you know, the joyous time, people meeting things, all these good things that happen over the Christmas season. But if you're depressed or if you're alone during the Christmas mm. season, right. all of your problems can be kind of magnified because of what you, you see what you don't have rather than right. what you do have. Right, and and maybe you've got memories of what once was that's no longer anymore. The, exactly. The things and they you, become your ghosts of Christmas past, right? right? The things that you've lost. Whether, whether you're at Christmas time or any season of the year, if you're battling depression, let's ask our question we ask every week. What about you and me? How, how do we, what are some takeaways that and, we can uh, draw out? Because we both wrestle with it at some point in our lives sure. and we've tried to help people homeless that wrestle with it. What are some things, any one thing you've seen that's worked, Paul? Well, I think the main thing is to get out of yourself by helping other people. I think we mm-hmm. talked about this a couple episodes ago when we were kind of introducing Tom and how right. his, his positive attitude, I think, both comes from and is related to his his willingness to help other people. Um, um, and what, what I, I found that really comes down to is the love of God that never leaves us. We, th- we think it does, but it doesn't. And it's in loving others that we are loved, that we experience that love that flows through us. So if we can get out of ourselves and go find something to do, volunteer, especially around the uh, holiday season. Right. There's lots of ways that you can volunteer and help people. And I think that's a good way to pull yourself out of that spiral. Yeah, and I've actually seen where when you help somebody that you realize, you, you think you've got it pretty bad, right? Like, uh, And then you meet somebody like Tom, like we said last week, and he's 82, blind, and is living outside. And you're like, exactly. okay, wait. You start helping a guy like Tom and go, okay, I thought I had it bad. And in somewhere in that, you lose your focus on your own problems in serving somebody else. And it's it's a lift. It's a, man, I know one a, thing a counselor told me when I was wrestling with a, a, a period of um, just being down. They said, just get your blood flowing again. Because a lot of times people will sleep when they're depressed or eat too much. And they sure. said, get out and exercise. Do something like not just positive for others, but also healthy. You make right. Sometimes you make really poor health choices, like I said with my friend Ed. Uh, who, who's been battling with a meth habit. So right. uh, that, that just makes you wonder, you know, if, if you're doing some behaviors that are not healthy, that are complementing the, the depression, right. you know, like, like, like drinking alcohol, which is a depressant. So one of the good things that, about the, what you just said was, it's, it's really difficult to just stop doing something, even if they know it's a bad habit, it's right. bad for you. You need to replace it with something good. So replace that isolation with forcing yourself out to help other people, Replace the sedentariness that you've gotten into. That's a big word. With 
with uh, yeah, you're just sitting around on your butt doing nothing. Get over the get over the inertia and get out and walk. Move around. Get the right. blood flowing, like you said, and and do it in a, in a way that's helping others. So exactly, we do want to revisit. We want to return to this idea of the pursuit of Ed because at the end of uh, trip two, we hadn't found him. It's now trip three. We just met you, and you hadn't seen Ed, and, and uh, met Tom, who hadn't seen Ed, obviously. And and so we were hunting for him. It was me and Steve and AG. So uh, let's let's return next week and pick up uh, that the journey of where is Ed? Yeah, right? I'd like to I'd like to find out where it went because I, I tried all my contacts and I couldn't find him. So where were you then? Well, I'll have to tell you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Ninety nine right. for one. Can't wait. You've been listening to ninety nine for one, a podcast of real life stories meant to inspire ordinary people to do extraordinary things that change our world. This podcast is owned and operated by Will Cravens, author of the book Ninety Nine for One, and founder of the nonprofit Endurance Leadership. Thanks for listening.